Thanks so much, Caitlin. Well, I want to talk to you today about the next in our sermon series, and it is this. Honour must resist contempt. First, I want to tell you a joke. What do you call a tall man with a big hat? Janalanga Ding Dong. <laughs> you get it? You get it? Do you get it? That's good you don't get it, because actually there's no point to that joke whatsoever. It's a nonsense joke. And that was a joke. Thank you so much. Someone told me that joke when I was 10 years old in the playground. And they were there with their two friends, and they told me that joke. And then they all started laughing, and I thought, I don't get it, but I've got to laugh along. So I started laughing. And as soon as I started laughing, they stopped laughing and looked at me and said, what's funny about the joke? I didn't know what the answer was. So I said, I don't know. So they said, why were you laughing? And I just felt really stupid. It was a trick. They'd got me. And I felt like they were, basically they were looking down on me. But then I thought, what's the way to feel better about myself? I'll find someone else who's never heard this joke with my friends, and I'll tell them the same joke. So I did the same thing. They started laughing. My friends were laughing. And as soon as they started laughing, I stopped laughing. They stopped laughing and said, what's funny? And they didn't know either. And I felt so in the know, so proud. But actually, it was a terrible thing to do. I don't know if you ever had that experience as a child, but that is an example of contempt. Looking down on someone else. That's what we're talking about. And it's quite easy to think, well, that's just confined to the playground. But sadly, in our culture today, contempt is everywhere. The adults' playground, Twitter, you can see it as soon as you go on there. There is huge contempt for people who don't share your opinion, who... uh, annoy you for whatever reason, and it's a general looking down on other people. In fact, the definition of contempt is the feeling that a person is beneath you, less important than you, and inferior to you. And it's very easy to look at those people on Twitter and say, I can't believe those people who are so full of contempt, I don't like them. And you've fallen into the same trap. We all have a tendency to have contempt for those with whom we disagree, with those whom we have very little in common, for those we don't understand how they can possibly hold the position that they do. We can have contempt for the church. We can have contempt actually sometimes for people who are very close to us, who we feel misrepresent our views, and therefore we have contempt for other people within the church because we think they're not believing the right thing. The problem with contempt is it only leads to one place, division and destruction. There was a a relationships expert called John Gottman who has the most incredible record in his counselling. In over the whole course of his career, he's been able to predict those couples he was meeting with who would divorce to a 94% accuracy. And he was asked, what is it that you can spot in couples who you think are going to divorce? And he said, you know what, it's not disagreement, it's not even criticism of the other person, it's contempt. It's looking down with a dismissiveness on the other person, writing off everything that they say, being sneering or sarcastic. But contempt doesn't just affect marriages, it affects friendships, relationships, workplaces, schools, churches, families, and even societies. You know, all the studies are that 
that most genocides start with the devaluing of another group of people. And that's really what we're talking about. And we can even have contempt towards God, often because of our pain through disappointment or frustration. Disillusionment leads towards a contempt towards God and even those who uh, follow him. So if contempt is the cancer, what is the cure? Well, the answer is honor. Honor. Now, contempt is not a word we use very much, nor is honor. You probably hear about it in terms of uh, Rangers were about to have won the premiership in the, uh, in the Scottish division. And uh, there was a big debate over whether they were going to get a guard of honour from the Celtic team who they were playing against today. Uh, we might talk about getting an honours degree where you do really well and you have honours. You might talk about, um, if you've done something amazing, being on the Queen's honours list. Generally what we're talking about is giving people value for something that they've done really well. But actually the gospel is very different to that. The gospel says that every single human being contains value because they've been created in the image of God. Now, we live in a fallen world. Each of us is broken and tainted, but yet that value still remains in each person. And so to honor someone is to spot the value in them and to bring it out. So if... Contempt leads to hurt, honour leads to healing. If contempt leads to division, honour leads to unity. If contempt leads to destruction, then honour leads to creativity. So how do we bring about honour? Who, whom should we honour? Well, here's three suggestions for you to think about tonight. Firstly, honour God. Back in August 2010, there was an explosion in a mine in Chile. 33 miners were trapped underground, 2,300 feet underground. And most people thought that they hadn't survived. And if they had, they wouldn't survive any longer than a few days. Many of them were atheists or agnostics, unbelievers. There's a one man called Jose Enriquez Gonzalez, who they talked talk to about as the evangelist. He was a Christian. And he told them that they should pray. And gradually, day by day, he had daily prayer meetings. More and more people, more and more of the miners would join together in praying. 33 of them were there twice a day praying for the whole time they were down there. 69 days. In fact, one of the young miners said there wasn't 33, but there was a 34th person there. 19-year-old miner Jimmy Sanchez said there was actually 34 of us because God never left us down here. Jesus was there with him. And on the 13th of October, 2010, at 10pm GMT, one of the first people came up to the surface having been rescued. One billion people around the world watched their rescue. And when they emerged out of the mine, one after another, they all spotted they were wearing the same t-shirt. And on the t-shirt, on the front, was written in Spanish, Thank you, Lord. And on the back was written to him, be the glory and honour. They all ascribed their rescue to God. And it picks up on some words in Revelation, which we see uh, when everyone together is in heaven, worshipping God, 
And it says, the people would bow before the throne and say this, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Honor is different from glory. Glory and honor seem very similar, don't they? But glory is actually the intrinsic value that something has. Honor is to say, I recognize that value and I will give it that value that it deserves. So glory is God's. He is the creator. He made everything that we see around us. He's the sustainer. He's the savior. He deserves glory because he has all the glory himself. But to honor him is to say, I recognize who you are. I give you the value that you deserve. And that is really hard to do because most of the time we're looking at the things around us. Every time we look up and look at God and glorify him, something changes within us. The Diocese of Bristol, you may have heard, we're part of the Diocese of Bristol, uh, the Church of England in this region. We are part of this amazing collection of churches together. And one of the things that the Diocese of Bristol is doing at the moment is asking a lot of people to uh, find out what are the priorities for the church in the next five years. And they've sent out a questionnaire. In fact, we've sent it around on our email. I would love you, if you haven't filled it in, to fill it in. It'd be really great to hear your opinion. But part of it is to have, there are five, uh, six things you have to rank in the order of the most important to least. So here are the six things. Supporting people, worship, equality and justice, caring for the environment, helping people follow Jesus, providing safe places in communities. That is hard to rank. I mean, they are all so important. I was on a, on a Zoom thing the other day, like a focus group, and we had to go into teams and we had to rank them. And we just couldn't decide. They're all really important. And we all sort of read out our list. And then one guy said, I was really struck by this. He said, I don't want to disagree with everyone because we're lovely Anglicans. No one disagrees. But he said, actually, I think it's absolutely vital that the first one is worship. He said, because if our lives aren't firstly looking up towards God, giving him the value that he deserves, then everything else doesn't matter. However, if we do worship God, all the rest of this will flow from that. I thought it was a really interesting point. When we're honoring God, we are giving him the value he deserves. And that's why we call it worship. Worth-ship, giving something its worth. We're told to honor God, with our bodies, to worship him, to honor him with our money, with our time, with our hearts, most importantly. And honoring God after you've suffered pain or disappointment might involve some honest conversations with him to sort things out, to work through the issues so that you can get back to the point of saying, I want to honor you again. As we honor God, our perspective changes. I don't know if you've found this, but when God is number one, everything else seems to fit into place. Because then we begin to see the world as God wants us to, with his spectacles, with his lenses, we see other people in that way. So firstly, honor God. This is a great way to combat contempt. Secondly, honor one another. Every human being is created in the image of God, and therefore everyone has intrinsic value. But sometimes it's hard to see. And yet, Scripture encourages us, Romans 12, verse 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. 
In other words, give other people more value than you would give yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I spend 90% of my time thinking about myself. But could it be possible that as we begin to focus on God, to honor him, that we begin to look around and think, actually, why don't I honor others more than myself? I love uh, Paul writing in 1 Corinthians, the passage that Caitlin read to us earlier. And it's a really diverse group. And that's what I love about the church. The church is the most diverse group in the whole world. It's in every single country around the world and every background, uh, every socioeconomic background, every racial background, uh, every gender. Everyone is, can be part of the church. And yet, here in Corinthians, uh, St. Paul is writing to a very similar church. He says, uh, For we were all baptized into one spirit, whether Jews or Greeks. So there was very different cultural groups meeting together. Slave or free. Socioeconomic groups that you couldn't get more different. And suddenly they were in the same place. They were honoring the same God and they looked around and they thought, we need to honor one another. Can you imagine a, a slave owner then thinking, I'm going to honor this slave? Can you imagine how mind-blowing that was in the culture? For Jews and Gentiles who didn't agree to start honoring one another. It's hugely powerful. And he says, you make up one body. Do you know how many parts there are in the body? I think we've got a little um, slide of a body that you can have a look at. Here's a little diagram. I mean, I don't know how you can count how many parts there are there. Um, but I did some research. There are 79 organs, 206 bones, 500 ligaments, sinews and joints, over 600 muscles and over 3,000 capillaries and nerves. That's a lot of parts. But each part is as important as the other. This is what St. Paul is saying. This is the analogy. You know, your, your skull is pretty important, isn't it? It's massive. My, my, I've got a very big head. Massive. And yet there are sinews and capillaries in your body that are equally important. You just don't see them. And so what's important is that we honor those parts of the body. I, I um, went uh, kite surfing uh, a few years ago. I don't know if you've done kite surfing. Massive kite that you're attached to and then a board on your feet and you're supposed to go along. And I was kind of learning my way, way quite well. I was feeling quite confident, quite cocky. And I decided to go out um, on one particular day when it was about 40, 50 mile an hour winds off the south coast. And I got picked up by the kite and then dumped down onto the beach. And I went over on my knee as I landed and it was so painful. I was taken to hospital and they basically told me that I had snapped my anterior cruciate ligament, which is in your knee. Now, this thing is about this big. And yet then it affected everything. I couldn't walk. I was in pain and they had to do surgery. And I suddenly thought, I'm so grateful for the surgeons for repairing it. But this tiny thing that makes such a big difference. The point that Paul is making here is the smallest and least um, observable parts of your body are often the most important. In the same way in the church, it's those who are often not honored who are the most powerful, the most to be honored. And the problem with church culture and celebrity culture is we often honor the person who's up the front, the person who's speaking to the camera, and we miss out on the incredible power and value of everyone else who is doing their bit in their way. Verse 24, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. The eye cannot say, this is verse 21, to the hand, I don't need you. 
And the head cannot stand to the, say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So as we look around our community, I know it's really hard to do because I think on Tuesday nights, I love Tuesday nights when I see all the different groups together. You know, over 200 people have been involved in that. We look around, you scroll through the pages and pages of people and it's just a picture of the church. But as we look around us, how can we value others? How can we honour others above ourselves? Here's three ways you might want to think of. Firstly, honour other people's backstories. You know, it's so easy to take a judgment on someone based on just what you hear or what you see. And there's so much more going on behind the scenes. Uh, One of the things that I have found hugely challenging and enriching was after George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, we had lots of discussions. And one of the things that we did was just to listen to people's stories. And I never knew the amount of pain and hurt that had been caused through racial injustice to a number of people that I had met before. I never had the conversation before. I feel terrible that I'd never had that conversation. But suddenly I began to understand, wow, that is so wrong. We need to do something about that. I found that hugely challenging. Even last week with Sarah Everard, when we were talking about the the danger that women feel walking along the streets. I mean, I sort of know it, but to hear people's stories, you suddenly understand what people are living with. To listen is the first step to honouring, to listen to one another's stories. And my encouragement to you is to listen to those around you. Second thing you might want to do is to honour one another's callings. You know, every single person that you know has a God-given calling to live out. Everyone in your group and everyone in your church or in your family has a calling from God. And our primary callings are to the things that we spend most of our time uh, doing. So if you're married, you know, other than God, your, your calling is primarily to your spouse. If you're a parent, also to your children. If you're a student, your primary calling is to your studies. If you're uh, working in your job, it's to your career in healthcare, education, politics, law, finance. These are the callings that God has called us to. And yet we can help one another. Because sometimes you sort of think, oh, I'm not sure I'm doing a very good job. As a parent, it's really hard to see other parents and say, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Don't don't listen to whatever you're you're telling yourself. Affirm people's callings. Honour their callings. And you can call that out in them. And then honour one another's gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the different gifts that people have. But why don't you spot a gift in someone and let them know? You know, often we're just so unaware of the things that we're good at because we spend all the time thinking of the things that we're not good at. But when someone comes along and says, I think you're amazing at this, suddenly wakes up something in you. We're told to do that. You know, uh, Timothy says, um, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of hands. I love that. We're supposed to come alongside each other, pray for one another and encourage and affirm the things that we see. Honour the young and the old. Honour the rich and the poor. Honour the churches that are not like us. Honour the people who are not like us, who have different views. Honour the potential we see around us. Because if we honour that, we enable this release of power. And there are so many unsung heroes. 
I, I just asked my team to say, you know, is there one person that you work with who you describe as an unsung hero? And they just gave me a list. And I know there are, uh, the danger with a list is I'm going to miss lots of people out. There are loads more unsung heroes in this church. Probably every single person who's watching this. But here's just a few. Ruth Fernandez spends all week in a children's nursery and then comes to help on a weekend with kids again. Uh, Alex Parry is a teacher. And apparently, she makes the best brownies and cakes for the student weekends away. Uh, Peter Langlois, uh, every single Wednesday in lockdown, without fail, he's been here to help with the, uh, the food hub. Paul and Sue Cockrum, twice a month, do a, a shop for the whole of the food hub. Uh, Nathan Ingram, uh, who runs rework the rework course as a volunteer. Uh, Lindsay gives up three, uh, every second Friday. She works for three hours for free in the office. Uh, Lorraine, Will, Jen, Helen, Emma and many others come to the prayer meeting every single week. The production team uh, who are here, here at the back actually, I don't know if we can see them, it's very dark. Anyway, there they are. Production team, they're in the background, they don't get the honour but we honour you guys today. There are so many, you might have another unsung hero, in the, in the, put it in the chat, who is your unsung hero in this church? But I love it when we honour those who deserve it, maybe who aren't seen. Because that's the Jesus kind of way. So honour God, honour one another, and then honour yourself. You might think, well hang on a sec, honour myself. And now I'm not talking about arrogance, or narcissism, or self-obsession. Those are the characteristics, unfortunately, of the world that we live in. Self-obsession is sin. It reduces our world down to just us and what's going on with us. The wonderful thing about this is if we honour God, we honour one another above ourselves, our perspective changes. So we're not talking about self-obsession. What we are talking about is overcoming self-contempt. Self-contempt is so easy to fall into. I was really struck the other day that Someone who runs the Taste Life course, which is helping those who are affected by eating disorders. We're running it at the moment. Amazing course. But someone who's involved in running it did this little exercise with me on Zoom the other day. It was with our team. They said, close your eyes for a moment. So you might want to try this right now, um, watching at home. Close your eyes. Think about looking at yourself in a full-length mirror. What are the two first words that come to mind. Now think of someone who you really admire, the person you most admire in this country, around the world. What are the first two words that come to mind when you think of them? Now compare the two. The words that you thought about for yourself, are they the words about your character, your gifts, your skills, or are they about your appearance? And the person that you most admire, were the words that you thought of about their character, or their skills, or their gifts, or about their appearance? The reality is that, you can open your eyes now, the reality is that most of us judge other people by their character, skills, 
and gifts, but we judge ourselves by our appearance. And we actually think that other people see us in the same way that we see ourselves. But so many of us have such a bad self-image that it is so unfair because we think everyone else thinks the same. They don't think the same as you. And I think there's something really important about honoring yourself because I know you're a sinner. I am too. I know that you're not perfect. I'm not either. I know you have flaws. I have many. And yet, at your heart, you are created in God's image. You're a dearly loved child of God. God honors you. And it, is your judgment better than God's? No. His, his judgment is perfect and he honors you. His price that he paid for you was with his own life. What kind of a value have you got that God would give himself for you? You have so much value. And Paul makes the point that comparison is a killer. He says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason be stopped to be stop being part of the body. In other words, don't compare yourself to someone else who's got different skills, character and calling. Sit in your own calling. Understand your value to God. You're not a mistake. It says, but God placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God created you just as he wanted you to be. So you're not an accident or a mistake. You haven't gone wrong somewhere. You are the person that God made and formed. And you have a unique character, personality, set of gifts and competencies that God wants to use. But he can't use you if you constantly have contempt for yourself. So, be assured of your own value. Honour yourself. Not above other people and not above God, but on yourself nonetheless. Because in doing so, you will change the way that you can be used by God. So, don't make your life just about your life. I've, I've found this to be the case in, over my life. That if I make my life just about my own life, it shrinks down to this very small, insignificant thing. No, make your life about honouring God. Make your life about honouring others. Make your life about honouring yourself and your calling. And don't wait to see when you're the perfect person to get stuck in. Start right now and God will use you. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you that you value each one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the ultimate price by dying for us on the cross to bring us alive again. And so, Lord, we want to open ourselves again to you. We want to... We want to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and just encourage you at home just to say, 
Lord, I, I welcome you. Sometimes we put our hands out in front of us and that's, it's not like magic or anything. It's just an open, like a physical sign of saying, I'm, I'm open to you, God. Why don't you just open your hands and say to the Lord, Lord, I'm open to you again. And Lord, we pray that you would come now and fill us, each one of us, where we are at home with your Holy Spirit. And even now, don't count yourself out. Don't disqualify yourself. Count yourself in. The Lord loves you. He wants to fill you now. Because you are his dearly loved son, your dearly loved daughter. He loves you. Receive afresh his Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you'd search our hearts by your Holy Spirit now and just show us where we've allowed contempt to creep in. Pray, Lord, that you would highlight maybe a relationship, a person, an attitude. And Lord, as you thank you that you came not to rub in our sin to rub out our sin. So Lord, we confess it and we receive afresh right now your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God of the fresh start. So Lord, we want a fresh start. We want to embrace that fresh start now. And we pray, Lord, that you would fill us again with honor. Thank you that you honor us. We pray that we would honor you pray you'd stir on us again a desire to worship you to honour you to honour those who are around us and Lord we particularly pray I particularly pray I sense this for tonight Lord that you would for those of us who have self-contempt we pray Lord that you would free us from that now have a picture while we're, we're praying of um, someone raking over um, a patch of ground with a rake backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards backwards and forwards and, and, and nothing's growing and um, it's a sense of someone raking over the past and that was the phrase that you're just raking over the past, maybe it's something you did wrong, maybe some regret that you have but actually as I watched this picture, the person put down the rake and they walked over and there was this amazing vegetable garden that had been pre-prepared and there was stuff sprouting left, right and centre. It was an abundance of amazing, delicious food. And this has all just come naturally. And I just sensed the Lord saying, leave behind the past. 
and embrace what I've got for you, which is overflowing with goodness. We're, um, we're going to uh, worship now and we've been talking about worship honoring God and I'd love to encourage you just either to stay in that place of receiving from God if you're, if you're you know, if the Holy Spirit is at work in you, just say, Lord, more. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. I'm open. Um, but you may just want to join with us. We're going to worship now and, and Mal and the guys are going to lead us in some worship to honor God together. Um, so let's do that together.